Welcome to the Church Council Podcast, where we make church law simplified. I want to help your ministry improve its legal foundation to protect the minister's ministry and mission of your church. We do this by giving you useful insight during each episode to proactively protect your church and then prepare you to respond to the unexpected events that happen along the way. I'm your host, Travis Story. I'm an attorney who specializes in church law, and I want to invite you along the journey as I pass on my years of volunteering, working, and then acting as legal counsel for the local church. Welcome back, church. Thank you for joining me again today. Today, we are talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, It's near and dear to my heart for a couple reasons. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about five easy ways to protect your preschool ministry. Yes, five easy ways to protect your preschool ministry. And why is this important? Well, it's important because if you have a church that has any kind of preschool ministry, this is one of the places that you have to really pay attention to. And I know as, as a leader in your church, the pastor, maybe you're an elder, you're listening to me right now, you're thinking, oh, preschool ministry, yeah, we got one of those. I guess we need it. And they take up space and all this sort of stuff. But do you understand that can be one of your biggest liabilities? Anytime your church is taking care of minor children, we have more exposure there than you do just about any other place in your ministry. So, Today, I want to give you five quick tips on how to protect your preschool ministry so that we can implement those as soon as possible to to just add another layer of protection for you and your church. Because uh, as I've said before, the thing that, that poses the most risk to your church is not what your pastor's preaching on Sunday morning. The thing that is the most risk to your church is not taking care of these little things that can ultimately cause really big problems within your church. And so today we're going to talk about these five. Uh, and, and this is super important because I'm, I'm the dad of preschoolers. I've got, I've got kids in the preschool ministry. Uh, my wife is actually on staff at a church and she works in the preschool ministry. And so these are something that, that, I think are just some of the basics and, and we'll obviously talk about more in future podcasts, but today I want, I want to hit some of the big, the big ones that we need to make sure we're taking care of who's working in your preschool ministry. And these are your volunteers. And so how do we make sure that we've got the volunteers we need and what kind of due diligence do we need to have? And the first answer is we need background checks. Now, Most churches have caught on that they should be background checking anybody who's working with kids. Why is this important? Well, obviously, if somebody is on a sexual offender list and you allow them to work with children, then we have a really, really large problem. And that is something we want to avoid. Uh, We also want to make sure that it's not just the, the sexual offender registry. What if we have somebody who's got a violent felony or they've got something like that in their past. We have to really make sure that we understand who these people are and to give confidence to our, our members and guests that are bringing us and entrusting us with their children while they come sit in service. We want to make sure that we know who's keeping their kids. And so the very basic very first thing you should do with anybody who wants to assist in your preschool ministry, honestly, in any of any of your ministries that deal with minor children, is we want to get a background check done. Now, background checks are are honestly easy to have done. We have somebody fill out a form 
they, the, the perspective volunteer would allow us to uh, run their background. You can get these services done. And, and I'm going to recommend to you that you do this no less. Let me repeat, no less than once per year. And why is this important? Why this is important is because just because you ran a background check on me today doesn't mean that something doesn't come up, doesn't actually mean that I might not even have a, a case or, or something that's pending, but we don't know when that's actually going to, uh, to pop up. So we want to make sure as an annual thing, at minimum, we are running their background uh, and do annual background checks on everybody. So if they don't have a background check, they're not working in your preschool ministry. This is a hard and fast rule. Uh, in fact, in, in our church, it's one of those things where if you don't have a current background check on file, then you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to serve at all. Even if we need people, even if we're having a, a separate event that we need somebody to, somebody to come help watch kids, we're not just getting anybody. We are making sure they've gone through the process and they're qualified. And if they're not, they don't serve. Uh, and, and you may say, yes, but, you know, we've got this wonderful grandma and she's watched everybody in preschool ministry forever. Uh, should, we, should we still background check her? Yes, that's the answer. If we're going to have policies and procedures, everybody goes through it. Uh, I help in our preschool ministry. Uh, I helped write the actual volunteer handbook. I help put in all the rules. And guess what? I'm the one who has to go through uh, background checks first every year. And that's just the way it's going to be. If, if the pastor's wife wants to come hold babies, she needs to go through the background check process also. There are no exceptions for this. There just can't be. And so we want to be able to also add that confidence to, to a first-time guest to say, hey, we know who's keeping your kids. We've run their backgrounds. Uh, we have done this. And we have to do that at minimum annually. Uh, I talked to a church and they were doing it every three years. Well, you know how much can change in three years? Three years is just too long. And, and that is not sufficient in this day and age. And given that you can get backgrounds run uh, very economically, especially if you're running a bunch at once, you can get them done. Uh, that is something that there's just no excuse not to do. So first way you can make sure you're protecting your preschool ministry, have everybody's background check run. So what's the second way? The second way is to implement the rule of three. And here's what I mean by the rule of three. We want to make sure that even if there's only one child in the classroom, we've got at least two adults watching them. Why? This is not only for the child's protection, it's honestly also for the volunteer's protection. We want to make sure that no one can make an accusation that, uh, that anyone is alone with a child for any length of time in any part of your church. So we want to implement the rule of three. If we've got um, two people who want to serve and they're married, uh, I honestly would consider those to be one person and I would actually have a third person there. Uh, and so in that case, I would say if we've got a husband and wife serving, we would actually want to pair them with a non-family member also. And that would be what accomplishes our rule of three. But uh, once we've got a child in the classroom, we need to make sure there's at least uh, two, two helpers, two volunteers that are there taking care of them. And, and this is probably a good point to start and say, you know, where do these rules go? Where do we put these into effect? 
These need to be policies and procedures. You should have a policy and procedure manual, uh, a volunteer handbook. Um, this needs to, to live in those where we clearly communicate that to all of our volunteers, everybody who's helping serve in our preschool ministry, that this is how it's going to be. And then we need to make sure that there are no exceptions from this uh, so that when we are holding that policy and procedure out as this is what we do, we make sure that it's being followed. And if it's not being followed, we do run the risk of, of really having um, liability that we don't want in our church. And, and I've heard often people say, oh, well, maybe that's a good reason not to put the things in a policy or procedure, right? Because if we put it there, we have to follow it. Well, I think by not putting it there, you're, you're at more danger uh, within your church because we're really coming in here and we're saying, yeah, we don't, we don't even care enough to have a policy. Um, we need to make sure that we're including these, that we're taking care of them, but then we do have to make sure we're following them. So I, I don't want this to be an excuse just to say, oh, well, what if we're not following them right? Let's just not, let's not write any of this down. Let's not have any policies. Let's not have any procedures. Uh, that, that is not, not the right answer here. That's unacceptable. Uh, but we need to make sure all of this is put in a clear policy and procedure. And then we need to make sure that the volunteers understand that they have something, policy or procedure, volunteer handbook, that they're ultimately reading, they're accepting, they're signing. Uh, and we'll cover that in another episode on, on really the practicalities of that. But make sure we're clearly communicating it. One of the other ways you can protect your preschool ministry, and I can guarantee you'll actually help yourself by getting more people to come help your preschool ministry, is to not allow men to change the diapers. I know all of the guys in your church are going to be really upset that they don't get to change diapers. But this is actually just a safety, uh, a safety provision, both for the, the male volunteers and just for the appearance. And, and I'm a dad. I've got four kids. Uh, changing diapers is a very normal thing for, for me to do. I've never shied away from it. Um, it's, it's one of those things that's built in as a dad. You're going, I can change diapers. Uh, you know, it, no one likes changing diapers, but I'm fine with doing it. So what do I do? Uh, even though I know how, I'm confident in doing it. I don't change diapers when when we're at church. If we're serving in the preschool ministry, that is just not something that that we're going to do. In fact, it's not something where even while we were at church, where I would change my own child's diaper, even though that would be a normal thing to do. If I'm serving in a room, even if I'm serving in a room that has my own child, I'm not going to change their diaper because it's the appearance. Somebody walks by and they don't know potentially that that's my child. They don't know what that is. So we make sure that as we're putting these policies and procedures in place, that there aren't these exceptions because what happens if somebody walks by and sticks their head in, they're going, why is there a guy changing diapers? That's not what we're doing. So this is a rule that we can clearly put in place that both protects the, the men gives the right appearance and yes, probably actually get some more volunteers because they know they don't have to do the diaper duty. So uh, I would encourage you to add the, the no men changing diapers policy to your, to your repertoire of policies in your preschool ministry. 
So what's the fourth way that we can make sure that we're protecting our preschool ministry and how are we going to actually deal with this? The, the fourth way is dealing with children's allergies. So one of the big things that a lot of churches have not fully caught on to is there are a lot of food allergies. And if, if your child doesn't suffer from, from any of these, that's great. Um, I, I have a child that's, that does have some food allergies and, and one of the things we have to be careful of is, is what they're fed. And so when we are looking at how are we going to do snack time for preschoolers, which is a very important part of the whole morning for preschoolers, by the way, what are we going to do? Um, there's a couple things that I would encourage you to make sure that we're doing. One, make sure that if you are feeding your preschoolers any kind of snack, that we post that at the door. Uh, I want to make sure you've got some kind of signage that says today's snack is goldfish. Uh, for example, goldfish contain uh, can contain different allergens. Uh, those allergens, we need to make sure that everybody knows what those are. So most parents are going to recognize, hey, my kid can't have goldfish. They can't have goldfish. Do they have a, a dairy allergy? Do they have a gluten intolerance? Do they have whatever? If that's the case, we want to make sure that the parents at the door know today's snack is this. And then it's looking at how do we have an alternative snack? How do we have um, some plain popcorn or something that we can give to them if that becomes an issue? If your church is using any kind of uh, electronic check-in system that also allows you to do uh, allergy warnings, I encourage you to, to do that so those show up on things like check-in and check-out tags. Uh, make sure that if anybody's got those, that we try to get those into the system so that we know those. But, but the easy way, the easy way is just to laminate a sheet, put it outside the door that said today's snack is, and uh, when you know what that snack is, just write it down. Today's snack is goldfish. Today's snack is veggie straws. Today's snack is saltine crackers. Uh, whatever it is, let's just list that so the parents have that option to know, oh, okay, that's the snack. Either I brought something or is there an alternative? It, it gives us that discussion, and that way we don't end up having to deal with a medical emergency or any kind of issue because we fed something to a child, which honestly we may not have even known they had an allergy to it. But we want to make sure that we're taking care of that on the front end. So the practical tip, laminate a sheet that you can just put outside the door, write on it every, uh, every service, you know, what the snack is, what the snack's going to be for the morning. And in that way, we've taken care of this. It's not just uh, people having allergies to nuts or something like that that we would classically think of. But how do we make sure that, that all of the different food allergies are being addressed? And at least giving the parents the warning of exactly what's, what's being served and how we're going to go through uh, with everything that day. Now, our fifth easy way to protect your preschool ministry. And churches of all sizes have dealt with this in different ways. But the key is we need a clear check-in, check-out system. This is very important. And often, especially in smaller churches, we overlook this step. Because we know, uh, they know, oh, okay, this is, this is Travis's child. He brings him every week. We see him all the time. Uh, how, how are we actually going to, to need a check-in, check-out system? Well, the answer is we need to make sure that there is a clear policy, how we're going to check people in, how we're going to check people out. 
we also want to make sure that we're ready for any guests that do come. Because you may know 90% of the kids that come week in and week out to your church and the preschool ministry. But what happens when we have a visitor? What happens when we have somebody we don't know? How are we going to make sure that that child they entrusted with us goes back to the right person? And and we don't always know all of the familial statuses. We don't know all of those things. Um, In the past, we've had some issues with this that I've had to walk through churches with. And most of the time, it's not what you think. It's not the the scary man that came in and and wanted to take a child uh, from the Wednesday night service. No, some of these issues that have come up are honestly when we've had custody battles. And this is an issue that a lot of times we don't even think about. What happens when we've got a Wednesday night activity, mom brings the child, mom drops off the child, and then you know dad comes and picks up the child. The, the volunteer who's just working there knows it's dad. The kid knows it's dad. Kid wants to go to dad. What you didn't realize is that earlier that day, there was a custody order in the divorce or in a custody matter that took away dad's privileges to pick up the child then. This isn't his time. He's not supposed to have them, and he's there doing something he shouldn't be doing. But guess what? You just helped that process because you just handed over that child. Yes, it's dad, but legally, dad doesn't have the rights to have that child right there, and that's already been adjudicated in the court. That's not for you to decide. That's not for the preschool director to decide. This is just something we have to make sure that we're clear about. So how do we do a check-in, check-out system? Well, we need some kind of tag. We need some kind of, uh, whether these are, are as simple as the tear-apart tickets that you can buy at an office supply store that just has you know the blue tag and here's the, here's the part that you would fill out for like a raffle and here's the claim check. Uh, even if we're just handing them that, that is how we get the child child goes to the person with the tag. If a child's not going to a person with a tag, we need to make sure that we have a system. We need to record who's picking up that child, get their driver's license, write down their driver's license number. So if there is a problem, we can report to the authorities exactly who we gave this child to. So even if we think that it's the the right person, this is the policy we have to have. Um, I'll I'll tell a, a fun story that we actually looked at uh, one of the most successful moments that I had in in walking through a preschool ministry uh, in this very system, the check-in, check-out system, is one of the preschool workers took this to a very serious degree because the pastor of the church tried to come pick up their own child but didn't have the tag because the pastor's wife still had the tag, but he was coming to pick up the child. Yes, they made them pull out, the pastor of the church made him pull out his driver's license, recorded everything before they would hand the child, which, by the way, they knew it was his child, but the pastor doesn't get an exception. They shouldn't get an exception. If we're going to have a policy, we hold fast to this. It was one of the biggest wins uh, that I, I had when I heard this story because the pastor's calling me, telling me he couldn't, te- he couldn't get his own child without having to show his own driver's license because we had done training. We had put together the, the policies and procedures, and the preschool volunteer knew that it was the pastor, the pastor's child, but guess what? No tag, no child. So I would encourage you to make sure that you've come up with a check-in, check-out system, whether that's an electronic version 
Uh, there's computer programs that can do this, obviously. Or if it's a, something as simple as uh, the raffle tickets that you can buy a big roll of for, for about 10 bucks. We want to make sure that the child comes in with somebody and leaves with the right person. There's a lot of those situations that you may not fully understand. So we want to ensure that we're putting in the right policies and procedures in place to ultimately protect the kids. So there you have it. We've talked about five easy ways to protect your preschool ministry. I hope that I honestly hope that all these are review because you're already doing them. And if so, let's make sure that that we've incorporated all these things, that we've got clear written policies and procedures, that these are are really set out, and that we've communicated these not just to the volunteers that are working in your preschool ministry, but to the parents that are dropping kids off in your preschool ministry. Because ultimately, when parents feel that their kids are safe, well taken care of, and they know that they are secure, they have the freedom to come and sit in the sit in the service and really worship, really hear from from the Lord. Because if they're distracted about thinking about their kids while that's happening, this is something that we have to take uh, take very seriously, and it's an integral part of what we're doing uh, every week in and week out in our ministry. So I encourage you to put these in place. If some of these are new, uh, adopt them, put them in place as soon as possible, and then. We'll continue as we go through uh, through this process of improving all the different ministries in your church to ultimately add that proactive protection so that your church can be better, can be more secure, and you can carry the word further, faster than you've ever done that before. Thank you so much for listening to the Church Council Podcast, your trusted source as related to church law. I've been your host, Travis Story, and I truly hope that the practical takeaways from today is something that will bless and protect your church. If you need more information, visit us at churchcouncil.com. We can provide you additional information and assistance if your church is in need of legal counsel. Also, if you found today's podcast worthy of your time, please review it on your podcast platform of choice and also subscribe so that you receive future notifications about each and every episode as we release them. Until next time, keep serving and protecting your ministry.